0: For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I don't have to preach here. (laughs) There is no original sermon illustration or brilliant metaphor clever enough to make this any clearer. God's love for us is never in doubt. You have to notice the complete focus on God's love, though. Not our love for him, his love for us. Not our love or our goodness or anything else that we can do to redeem ourselves. Only God's love is strong enough. You may have noticed a made-up word in the sermon title this morning, unseparatable just seemed like the perfect descriptor for the side of God's love shown in this passage. Because nothing can separate us from God's love. You cannot even begin to understand how incredibly much God loves you. Our failures and our blindness and our stubbornness and our pride cannot separate us from God because it's not about us. It's about God's love, which breaks down every barrier, crosses every chasm, and shines into the darkest heart to claim and transform those hearts of stone, our hearts of stone. God does all that, and do you know what we have to do? Okay. We've got to say, okay, I believe, and I will follow. If death, life, angels, demons, present and future, any powers, height and depth, and anything and everything else in creation cannot separate you from God's love, I'd say you don't have a whole lot to worry about. And God doesn't leave it there. He wants to bless you. He loves you so much, of course he wants to bless you. Paul brings that up, stating in verse 32 that since God gave up his son for us, it only follows that he wants to bless us. The rhetorical question Paul asks here is, how could God not graciously give us all things since he gave up his own son for us? After all, it wouldn't really make sense if he was willing to sacrifice his son, but he refused to give us any other blessings or good things. I know that I certainly fail to recognize the blessings God gives me, but he does bless us. He blesses me, he blesses all of us lavishly. God doesn't use blessings like a seasoning He doesn't use them like you use salt or pepper. He doesn't sprinkle us with love once in a while. He blesses us. He gave up his son for us. How could he not love and bless us? And yet, there's a problem, which, well, a clip from a certain movie helps highlight. could Play that. Rest, Highness. I know who you are. Your cruelty reveals everything. You're the Dread Pirate Roberts. Admit it with pride what can i do for you you can die slowly cut into a thousand pieces hardly complimentary your highness why lose your venom on me you kill my love it's possible i kill a lot of people who was this love of yours another prince like this one ugly rich and scabby no a farm boy poor Poor and perfect, with eyes like the sea after a storm. On the high seas, your ship attacked, and the dread pirate Roberts never takes prisoners. I can't afford to make exceptions. I mean, once word leaks out that a pirate has gone soft, people begin to disobey you, and then it's nothing but work, work, work all the time. You mock my pain! Life is pain, Highness. Anyone who says differently is selling something. A funny clip, but Wesley kind of has a point. Do you always feel loved? Do you always feel blessed? That was a rhetorical question. <laughs> because sometimes it can feel like life is nothing but pain. It can be a lot harder to feel God's love when your house burns down. Or a family member is diagnosed with cancer, your own health begins to fail, you lose a loved one, you're forced to leave a place you love. Some of you have been through these things. Others of us have not yet, but someday will. I'm not going to presume to understand your particular struggles, but I know everyone has been through, is going through, or will go through pain. The hard truth is, this passage does not say that you will be spared from that. Paul actually quotes Psalm 44, which says, we face death all day long and are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But right after that, Paul says that we are somehow more than conquerors in all of these things. Trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword. I don't know about you, but... When I think of hardship, persecution, danger, all those things, I don't see myself as the conqueror. I typically see myself as pretty conquered. Fortunately, that's just because I'm thinking about me and what I can do to try and overcome the pain and the problems. The Christian does not seek to use God to conquer all those problems and difficult things in our lives. No, we can become a different kind of conqueror. We can become more than conquerors, not by pushing through or being tough, but by giving in, by being loved by him. It's about accepting the love that has chased us down. Because the passage does not say, in spite of all these things, or even though we face all these things, we are conquerors. No, it says, in all of these things, In them, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We conquer the darkness of this world by giving in to God. Jesus, the one who loved us, gave us the ultimate example of being more than a conqueror while facing persecution and hardship and danger and even death because he conquered and completely destroyed sin's power by dying. He gave himself up and gave in to his father's plan. He was the sheep that was slaughtered. And we're called to follow suit. It can be very hard to hear, but being considered as sheep to be slaughtered is where we are meant to be. Now, we might not always be facing physical danger and death in everyday life, but and and we're not always in the middle of a crisis, but we must be willing to die to ourselves and live for God and for those around us every day. Whether facing danger and hardship or not, the choice is always there to present ourselves as living sacrifices, to be Christ to another person. But God does not leave us on our own in that, He blesses us. Remember, verse 32 says, He will graciously give us all things. The, word, the wording here is actually remarkably similar to verse 37 which says, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. The one verse refers to God's blessings as all things. The other refers to suffering and hardship as all of these things. I don't think that this is an accident. Is it possible that those blessings and sufferings not only don't contradict each other, but can actually at times be the same thing? In January of 2016, I went with a group of high schoolers to climb Mount Cameroon, the highest peak in West Africa. It was an incredible, unforgettable experience. The views above the clouds were truly awe-inspiring. There were miles of hills of rocks spreading to both sides of the horizon, as far as you could see. And the air was fresh and clean, thin. It was incredible. But the trip did not comprise of skipping up the mountainside, singing tiptoe through the tulips. It was a long hike. During the climb, you'd often see a crest in the mountain far, far off. You'd be determined to get up to that crest because you were sure that had to be the very top of the mountain. Then, when you got to the top of that crest, you would see another one even further away than the first one had been. (laughs) It was exhausting. We spent about nine or ten hours hiking in one day to get to the top of the mountain. And I remember there were times when I was so tired and the mountain was so steep, I could not focus on anything other than the very next step I was taking. But I would not trade a single second of that climb for anything, because that mountain was beautiful. I remember realizing afterwards that I had laughed, eaten, and prayed more while on that mountain than I had in probably the entire week before the climb. I could feel my need for God in every painful step. Now, in that instance, I had made the choice to go on that trip. I put myself in the situation. Clearly, we do not always choose the hardships in our lives. We don't always know what's coming before it happens. But God does. And so the truth here is the same. We are not just blessed in or during suffering. We are blessed by it. We are in our prime and at our best when we are trusting and glorifying God in suffering. Look for the beauty in the mountain ahead of you. That is how we can be more than conquerors. Not by avoiding or ending suffering, but by thanking God and looking for his blessings through the pain that we can't understand. We might not see the fruit of suffering, we might not understand God's every purpose in it, but we don't have to. Maybe your neighbor will be blessed by you because of something you went through. 2 Corinthians 1 says that we are comforted so that we might comfort others or maybe you will never understand why things happened the way they did, like Job, who was never given a reason for his suffering. Suffering can be a reminder of our need for God. Despite praying three times, Paul, who wrote this passage, lived with the mysterious thorn in the flesh that always kept him dependent on God. Or suffering can be a reminder to praise God in hardship and because of hardship. After all, We were made to praise God. When in doubt, you can always thank and praise God because it's what you were made to do. And don't forget, you are in safe hands. Nothing can separate you from God's unseparatable love. Christ Jesus died to destroy the power of sin and was raised to intercede in us, for us, and live in us. And that is why no trouble hardship, persecution, trial, loss, danger, or pain can ever separate us from him. I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So I would challenge you To thank God for the blessings that bring joy, and to look for and also thank him for the blessings in and of pain. To look for the beauty in the mountain that you are facing right now. To lose more of yourself to become more than a conqueror, like the lamb who was slain. And to be comforted by God's love for you, the greatest blessing of all which cannot be broken by anything in all creation. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for this morning, all the people here. I pray that you would speak into all of our lives. You would change hearts this morning. I pray that you would help us to appreciate your blessings, both the blessings that clearly bring joy and the blessings that we don't always recognize. Lord, give us humble, repentant hearts that are ready and willing to accept all the blessings you have for us. Thank you. We praise your name this morning. In that glorious name we pray. Amen. Amen.